Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hello and welcome to Book Cheat, the book club podcast where I've read the book so you don't have to. My name is Dave Warnicke and on each episode of this show we look at one of the classics. And joining me to look at such a classic this week, I'm very happy to be joined by special guests Kate Dennett and Jack Drews. Hello Dave Warnicke. Hello team, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me Dave. And Jack? I'm looking forward to booking it up. (laughs) Yeah. Can that be the new catchphrase? I've been looking for one. Oh, please. I really, I really have been. I can pitch as many as you want during the show. Please come at me with them. One time at the end of the show, I just yelled, books forever. <laughs> and I have regretted it ever since. <laughs> did you sky punch as well? Yeah, yeah books like- for. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure I did just punch towards the sky, freeze frame, and then regret. What, what did you get? Get Were your guests like, wow, that was cool, Dave? Or were they like, oh, Dave? <laughs> one of them was like, is that... Really? The catchphrase? And I was like, I swear I've never said that before. It's <laughs> forever. I've seen you do that, though, just like out in the street. and you know, yeah. like... I mean, it finally had some context, yeah, yeah. but it still wasn't cool. <laughs> I saw you you were having a nap once and you were sort of, you wouldn't even know this, but you were books, books forever. Books forever. <laughs> I was in real strife. Yeah, yeah. I hope you woke me up and got me out of that, that feverish oh, dream. Oh, you were slapping a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you slap him with a book to wake him up? Yeah, yeah. So you definitely got got him more riled up. (laughs) Well, I do every... So this show comes out twice a month and every time it it comes out, the date looms up and I basically do have bad dreams about it. Book cheat. (laughs) Another book cheat. Got to keep reading. Oh, my goodness. Got to book the guests. But you guys have turned up and I've read the book, so it's it's great. What more do you need? This time it's worked out okay. Books forever. Books forever. forever. And friendship forever. I appreciate you guys coming on the show. And I always start the episode by asking the guests about basically your book history. Have you ever been a bookworm in the past where you were a big reader when you were a kid or are you still a uh, big reader now? Are you reading anything? Jack? Um, I've I've had my main hit of being like a real total like – like a bookworm, if you will. Oh, I'm loving it. You know the, the cool term people use to describe <laughs> people who read a lot? Worms. <laughs> you know, like a filthy, like, rotten around in the in the dirt, kind of eaten, you know, like muck. Yeah. Like a, that sort of person. A faceless little yeah. slime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Slime de- sock. We describe the most learned of us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but I was reading quite a lot when I was... Uh, I think late teens, early twenties, which I, I think was sparked by trying to impress this girl, and then, but then I think that I realized that wasn't happening. But then I realized I was just quite had gotten used to reading a lot and really enjoyed it anyway. <laughs> so she so forced to have it on you without knowing it. Yeah, yeah. So that that kind of all worked out pretty well in the end. Did it, did you get the girl? No, 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 not at all. <laughs> did you read in front of her? Uh, that was the only time I read. <laughs> okay. I was, <laughs> just have a quick book in my pocket. Well, you like, like, wow. Oh. <laughs> Having a conversation with a friend and she's approaching, you just push them out the way and just yeah. grab a book and pretend, oh, yeah, I've been reading for two hours. Oh, wow. hey, just enjoying this uh, phone book. Um, <laughs> this guy knows the alphabet yeah. and I like that. I'm up to P. <laughs> well, okay. Listen, and are you reading anything at the moment, Jack? Uh, I've I had a bit of a while where I wasn't reading much and now I'm, uh, I am reading a lot of sort of um, – books about art and making art to inspire me to write better and work on the stuff I want to do better. So I've I, I read um, uh, a book called Art and Fear at the moment that is very good. And I read this every year or so, but there's a book called uh, the, uh, the War of Art, which is a, like a play on the art of war. But uh, that rocks. That's if you want to if you want to make stuff at all. War of Art is just a cool, cool book. So it's inspiring. Yeah, it's just like one of those ones where it's not like you. Uh, 
uh, it's not like you're like mm, fun to read like a novel or anything, <laughs> but it's like you just read a few chapters and you're like, God, I want to you know get busy and do some stuff. <laughs> get busy with that girl from high school. <laughs> oh, I'm so lonely. <laughs> yeah, it makes, makes you real lonely. <laughs> do you actually find yourself making stuff as a result, or are you just like, oh man, I'm motivated. I'm gonna go to the pub and with my notebook, and then you just drink, or like, is it actually like help? Uh, yeah, no, I think it helps. Okay. Do you go to the pub with your notebook? Is is that what motivation is for you? you I had to the pub. Well, no, because I haven't done that in ages. I haven't gone to a bar because it was like a real uni thing that I used to yeah. do. I used to go to a bar with my notebook and be like, sit, and you're not allowed to leave until you think of something. And I just yeah. end up getting drunk and then texting my friends, being like, is anyone out? <laughs> I, can't, I, I can't remember why I came here. Yeah. But I, so I did it again recently, and I, I was, I just sat, I just sat, and I wasn't like, I didn't let myself check my phone or anything, and I just had a glass of wine, and like, I did think of some ideas. That's great. Yeah, yeah. it was good. I should do that. I do it at, um, I do it at cafes, but then I feel like you have. You don't have all all the fun of getting uh, wasted alone. (laughs) (laughs) No, so Kate, uh, we've got to quickly ask you about your reading history. Mm. I yeah. Obviously, we know your history about going to bars alone. Yeah, (laughs) that doesn't happen that often. I just want to establish that. I don't have a problem yet. Um, I read a lot as a kid and in high school, and then I read less at uni. Well, less like fiction moved into like how to make film sort of books. A lot of wine labels. Yeah, like I think I've read the War of art yeah um but i think it annoyed me but i can't remember it i just remember seeing i can when you mentioned i could see the the cover and i can feel fury but i don't know (laughs) it could have just been that while i was reading that something furious happened as well infuriating like so maybe someone spat on my head or something but um uh and then i sort of but honestly since netflix i really pulled back from from reading and then uh i've gotten back into it again because i bought a kindle and I, and I love it. Do you love the Kindle, so you don't mind it. being away from the old paper? I thought I'd, I thought I would really mind it, but I find a Kindle more comfortable, and I like that I don't have more stuff. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, I'm still spending the same amount of money, but it's not. You can't <laughs> physically see that I have, I guess. But yeah, I, I live in a small apartment, so there's just. I need less stuff all the time, and I love the Kindle. Do you look on your bookshelf and there's just one Kindle sitting there, and it's every other sh- every other thing's empty <laughs> between two bookends? It's yeah, just a Kindle. The way I like it. <laughs> uh, yeah, got like good. one of those, uh, you know, like a, a billionaire's like weird mansion, and he's like, ah, to the library, and it's this like old hall with like one Kindle somewhere on the. Oh, he's got to climb a ladder that slides <laughs> along the side. <laughs> ah, yeah. <laughs> Kindle, eh? Yes, I think mm. I remember where that is. I think that's in the Kindle section. <laughs> Tell me, Jeeves, what's the Wi-Fi password? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he has to look it up in a separate yeah. Kindle. <laughs> Go down the ladder. <laughs> All right, well, let's crack into this week's uh, book. Uh, for this episode, I have read Franz Kafka's The Metamorphosis, which is a uh, novella, aka okay, a little bit shorter for me this week. <laughs> Which has been suggested by a few people, actually. So, basically, uh, people suggest that I do books, and they do that by filling in a little form that is linked in the episode description. So, if you want to do that, you can do that at any time. And sometimes people tell me why they want me to do it. And uh, the metamorphosis was being suggested by people from all over North and South America. We've got uh, Santiago Lopez from California, Nate from Ontario, Canada, and Matthew or Marcio... Millard from Argentina. Ooh. There you go. I think this might be my first Argentinian suggestion. They all suggested I take on Franz Kafka's The Metamorphosis. I, I bought the essential Franz Kafka, which has a lot of his stuff in it. And Kate came in and was worried that we were going to do this massive volume because it has mm. about uh, 600 pages. But fortunately, it is about 10 to 15% of that. <laughs> Great. I wish it was on a Kindle because this book is probably a little too big to read. Hurting your wrists? Yeah. With your computer hands? Yes. Mm. One of the only things I know about Kafka is he, uh, at, at the end of his life, he didn't want his work published and thought it was all trash. Like He was like, burn all my stuff. And they were yeah. like, nah, it's good. And he was like, nah, do it. And then they didn't. And now it's like, well, thank God they didn't. But what what a bunch of dogs. It's wild. <laughs> and he also had a, a, a habit of burning his own work during his life. And the New York Times estimates that he burnt 90% of his work wow. throughout his lifetime. And then when the remaining 10%, you're right, Jackie, did ask his friends to burn. And thankfully they did not. So either of you, I did check before the show, you haven't read The Metamorphosis. No. 
But you're, you're both vaguely aware of it, Jackie. So you're. I've, I've burned a few copies <laughs> <just> yeah. in, <laughs> in honor of the great yeah. man. <laughs> it's what he really yeah, wanted. Yeah. <laughs> Do it for him. Read, reading it's a real <laughs> insult to the man. So. Yeah, I'm sorry, Kafka, that we I actually read this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I've just got a brief historical context here. So the Metamorphosis is a novella written by Franz Kafka, first published in 1915. So it's over 100 years old. Originally born in Prague in 1883, Kafka wrote most of his work in German. And some of his famous works include The Trial and The Judgment, which are a bit longer than this. And at the time of his death from tuberculosis at the age of 40, he was barely known at all, which is quite tragic. Wait, but it- sorry. So does that mean he was known and then not known no, no, throughout, when, throughout all of it. His life, yeah. So when he died, he was... Well, no wonder he was like, burn it. Yeah. Like, I'm so embarrassed by this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was not celebrated at all. And uh, But since, luckily, he's been uh, heralded as one of the most influential writers of the last century. So. That stinks. In a, way, in a way that people, it was like such a tragedy that he like burned 90% of his work. Do you think, um, I think maybe I will be looked at in a similar way for how many of my um, terrible tweets I delete? Yeah. <laughs> 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 it gets less than you know, like, a few likes or something. I'm like, ah, yeah, that's, nah, nah, that. <laughs> put that in the Kafka pile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so uh, the Metamorphosis is one of his most famous surviving works, and is written in three parts. Shall we crack into it? No, <laughs> <laughs> Look, of course. Fifty-fifty. There, I'm going to go with yeah. Jack, just because I heard him buzz in first. Thank <laughs> God for that. Kate's ruined many podcasts. <laughs> I'll no, stop you. There. I'm going home. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, the opening line of the metamorphosis is, quote, One morning, Gregor Samsa woke in his bed from uneasy dreams and found he had turned into a huge venomous insect. Sick. End quote. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of action straight away. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I knew that was the gist of what it was about. I didn't realise they just, like, railed right into yeah, it. Yeah, like there is no, no preamble. <laughs> like everything I know about this book, they really have surmised in the first sentence. Yeah. You, did you pick up the first uh, the chapter, read that first sentence and went, not for me. Yeah. <laughs> Should have burned this one. <laughs> did he, was he like, oh, Gregor, what have you done? Or was it just like, because he's a bug now. He's, he's bugging around. Well, is he just... It's written in third person. We learn from a narrator that Gregor is a travelling salesman who wonders to himself, (laughs) what has happened to me when he realises he's a bug? But but rather than freak out, as I reckon I would and probably you guys would, he decides to sleep on the whole thing to forget all of the nonsense. Mm. Looks down, sees all these little buggy things, these little legs and goes... I'm going back to bed. I know you sleep this off. Uh, future Gregor, can worry about this. Little, uh, <laughs> little mischief I've got myself into. I've only had seven and a half yeah. hours and I'm rubbish on that. But the only problem is that he can't sleep. He's used to sleeping on his side and now that he's got a <gasps> giant insect body, he's not able to do that. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's the reason he can't sleep. Not because he's a <laughs> giant know, bug, yeah. but because he can't get onto his side. He literally tries uh, approximately a hundred times to roll onto his side and it's One, just not happening. Two, three... <laughs> No, <laughs> four. If you can just get onto your side, everything will be okay. <laughs> Come on, Gregor. <laughs> uh, it's raining outside and Gregor's room is described. It's quite small but big enough for a single man and on the wall hangs a photo of a woman, quote, <laughs> with a fur hat, fur scarf and a fur muff, end quote. Pardon me? <laughs> there you go. She Gregor. had a, a furry hat, furry scarf and a furry, furry muff. Well, it was the olden days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So rather than complain about his predicament now as a bug, he thinks about his predicament <laughs> as a man. <laughs> you see, Gregor hates being a travelling salesman. He's up early, he's always on the move, and he doesn't get to make many friends because of his job. <laughs> He'd love to be able to tell his boss where he can shove the job, but he has to keep working to pay off what his parents owe to his boss. Gregor reasons it should only be another five or six years of solid work and then all will be square and then he can do what he wants. All will be square? I mean, that's a little Dave Warnicky flourish right there. Oh, but, yeah. uh, um, <laughs> what are you going to hang it over your head, Gregor? <laughs> well, five or six years is a... That's a good, I heard Gregor's in a real real pickle even before this, this bug situation. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It, it turns out that it's the least of his worries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, does it, do we know why, what, what happens with the, his parents and his boss for... 
No, he's, he's it's just, just in debt and it's yeah, it's just that they're quite in debt because five or six years of solid work, you'd think mm. that you know he's worked mm. up quite a debt. I wonder what he bought. <laughs> well, unless it's like he's twenty bucks in debt, but the worst salesman of all. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez, Mister! Yeah, please, you got, you, got, you got to buy this ham. It's real good. I say it's, it's gone a bit rotten now, but trust me, usually it's good. And I'll come back, Mister. Please, <laughs> I estimate in five or six years I will make a sale. Yeah, <laughs> and then I'm free. I'm all square. You've done it, Gregor. <laughs> Well, then Gregor realises the time. It's half past six. He's overslept despite the fact that his alarm clock he can see and it is clearly set for 4am. He freaks out knowing that the boss will yell at him for being late. Even if he got up now and got the train, he'd be terribly late. He considers calling in sick, but reasons that will look suspicious because he's only called in sick once in five years. Which, for me, makes it seem less suspicious because you're clearly not a guy that just calls in sick at the drop of a hat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I don't know what is... He also th- he also thinks that his uh, uptight boss would go with him to the doctor if he was sick. Would which, go with him? Yeah, to what? make sure that he's sick. <laughs> imagine oh, that's a, but imagine, I thought it was like, don't worry, Gregor, I'll look after you. No, it's like, yeah. oh, we'll see if you're sick. <laughs> you're not sick, you're just a giant bug, fully healthy. <laughs> Get to work. I'm taking you to the vet. Yeah. Actually, that's a good point. Is he a giant bug or is he a bug-sized bug? No, he's a giant bug. Okay. So he's the size of a man. Yeah, that's awkward. But with the appearance of a bug. And people have deba- debated about what type of bug it is. Mm. Most consensus is that it's a cockroach type, okay. type thing, which for me is my most hated of all bugs. Really? Really? Not a fan. you advised to disclose a weakness like that. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> Damn. I think it might be. You know, often uh, like a psychologist type thing works to trace back the root of a fear, but I've got mine. Mm. I was about nine years old and I went to the cupboard. <laughs> Get out a packet of chips that I'd uh, been working on all weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Sunday night. I reckon I can finish this packet of chips. Yeah. It's a packet of Lay's, which you don't get here anymore. Thank God, because they freak me out now. And I opened up those <laughs> those chips. I started hoeing into the bag. Oh, no. A few minutes later, I looked in, and there was a cockroach in there the whole time. Alive or dead? Oh, it was alive. Having the time of its life. <laughs> Going, yeah. <laughs> I've been working on this all weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Oh, the, a giant cockroach man. That would be, that's my oh, worst nightmare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like, it'd be fun because then you get to see him up close. Like you never get to look at a bug that closely. But then if it's enhanced and directly in front of your face, you can you get to see the details of that bug. It would be, oh. it would be a good way of um, sort of overcoming your fear of cockroaches to, to become and live as a cockroach. Oh, I think you're about to, about to mean to meet a giant cockroach man and then like forced to shake his hand shake and, then hu- and then hug yeah. him and sort of just... But, but you, if, you, well, yeah. if you were actually the cockroach, that's true. I imagine that you'd probably h- hate them less. I think it would be hard to really hate a cockroach if you were yourself the world's biggest cockroach. And I'll stand by that opinion. I'll, that is, I'll die on this hill. You're wild. You yeah. are wild. <laughs> Get at me, internet. If you are a giant cockroach, yeah. it's harder to hate cockroach. Right, well, Rain gonna... it in, Druce. Yeah. Rain it in. <laughs> I was going to put your uh, Twitter handle in the description of the episode, but I will not be doing that because you'll be getting too much hate from now on. So he's freaking out about the time. Suddenly, Gregor's mum starts banging on his locked bedroom door, asking why he isn't up yet. Gregor responds but quickly realises that his voice has changed. It has his voice. You can hear that a bit, but it's mixed with a strange piping sound coming from deep within him. (laughs) 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 Gregor, stop playing recorder and get up. (laughs) Then Gregor's dad joins in on the banging on the door action. (laughs) Uh, this family band. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're late to pay off our many debts. <laughs> Get out there and start working, boy. He also asks if he's okay and why he's not at work. Gregor yells out that he is okay and he's getting up now and his father goes back to his breakfast. <laughs> why are they not at work? What's happening? Why yeah. they, they're not working. He's the only one working. He's working for the family. Okay. Yeah. They like to just bang on doors and eat breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) What's behind this one? Uh, Then Gregor's little sister, Greta, asks him to open the door. She whispers. She's less of a banger, more of a whisper. But he won't open the door even for her. At this stage, Gregor's plan is to get up, get dressed, have breakfast, and then think about how to proceed. Hmm. So he's not letting this whole bug thing hold hold him back at all. I feel like Gregor's a real, like, if you put him in today's time, he'd be like a good kind of 
motivational book writing like Tony Robbins type character is like are you gonna let these little obstacles stand in your way or are you gonna get to work oh oh, my whole body's a cockroach who cares (laughs) do your work I woke up with 16 legs and I still did a 12 hour shift (laughs) well however there is a bit of a problem Gregor can't get himself upright he can't even con- <laughs> he can't even control all the little bug legs that he has now on his body. Wild flailing of several legs. Yeah. <laughs> he tries several times to get up, but he only uh, goes crashing into his bedpost. <laughs> Eventually, he's able to rock himself out of bed, albeit with a small crash onto the floor. Oh, Gregor! <laughs> Got to be careful, man. <laughs> Well, things go from bad to worse when he hears someone has arrived at his house and it's his boss. Oh, my God. This boss is really (laughs) on to Gregor. It's 6.30 in the morning. (laughs) Is that bad to worse? Is being a cockroach man and then people noticing you're... I feel like he's hit maximum it being bad. (laughs) Well, he's freaking out because it's the head of the firm who's come to see why he hasn't shown up yet. The boss heard Gregor fall over in his room and he actually says... Something fell over in there. <laughs> <laughs> Show me my Gregor. <laughs> Which reminds me of a fantastic line from The Simpsons where he says, By God, that sounds like a pig rolling over. <laughs> and it's so oinks a lot. <laughs> the kidnapped uh, college mascot has fallen over <laughs> and the dean has found him. Anyway, he says, Something's I fallen over. the sound of a cockroach man stumbling <laughs> out of bed anytime. <laughs> so... He's, the, the whole family's a bit alarmed by the crash. Gregor's family tells Gregor that his boss is here, but he doesn't He doesn't respond because of his bug voice. He doesn't want the, the boss to hear his, <laughs> his tooting and piping. Gregor's mother claims that her son is sick and that's why he's late and locked up in his room. Eventually, his father asks if he's going to come out and Gregor simply replies, No. This really annoys his boss, who starts bang- uh, going on a bit of a rant about how Gregor is behaving, freaking everyone out and disrespecting them with one-word answers and not even coming out to explain his absence. The boss then explains that the chief of the firm has a theory that Gregor hasn't shown up for work because he has had some money given to him and that perhaps Gregor has pocketed it. <laughs> and although his boss spoke in his defence that morning, he no longer wishes to stick up for Gregor because of his strange behaviour. This is like six in the morning still. Yeah. <laughs> like a lot of Everyone's in this up. company. Harassing Gregor. That's how they cover the they meet at five in the morning, like start scheming and about yeah. Gregor. And the neighbors are like, first of all, a giant cockroach man fell over, and now you're waking me up by a boss yelling about how yeah. wh- where you are? This is horrible. Is Gregor on the ground? Like flat with his flat legs, or is he like a Looney Tunes where he's just standing up on the back legs? Well, he's fallen to the, his idea was to stand on his back legs, but he's oh. fallen to the crash to the ground. Oh, I'm sorry for not quite keeping up with this cod crash. <laughs> no, it's hard to imagine. Well, Gregor <laughs> leaps to his own defense and starts claiming, he starts speaking, that he has had vertigo and that's why he's missed his train. <laughs> but he's feeling better now and able to come out, and that none of the accusations <laughs> of theft are correct. <laughs> It's just vertigo. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Gregor reasons with himself that he's somehow got to get himself upright and then show his appearance to his boss and family. And then, then if they freak out, then that's okay because he'll stay calm and not go to work. But if they're cool with it, he can still make the 8 a.m. train and put in an honest day's work. <laughs> oh, my God, putting a tie on a cockroach man. <laughs> <laughs> so he's thinking, well, there's two options here. I go out there and they freak out or they go, Gregor, quick, get the train, and he's cool with either option. Just climb up the wall as well. You're a cockroach man. That's how you get up, right? Hide, yeah, hide in the ceiling. <laughs> this is really a story that could only be told in, like, in this time frame because I feel like in sales now it's just, like, internet ads and writing copy and stuff like remotely like i think most like the role of a traveling salesman you could kind of do as a cockroach now like if you're a giant cockroach you could still <laughs> you could still know, promoted posts on instagram and you just do it from home yeah you're like time. i'm the best social media salesperson in the whole world yeah, yeah. i just happen to be a cockroach <laughs> so he's gone on this little little speech saying no i can make it i can make it but his little speech hasn't put his boss's mind at ease in fact the opposite because he couldn't understand any of it. It was the voice of an animal. <laughs> he says, that's the voice of an animal. <laughs> Gregor's mother starts panicking and says that he's very ill and orders his sister to get a doctor and a locksmith at once. 
Gregor eventually gets himself upright and heads towards the door and manages to open it using his little cockroach mouth. (laughs) The family and boss are excited when they hear the door opening, but are shocked when they see that Gregor has transformed into a giant insect. So they've gone with option B, which is freak out. Okay. (laughs) So don't put the tie on him. No, Uh, no. (laughs) I just signed a shirt. (laughs) With my many hands. Can I ask, does it... In the book, do you know what? Because you said he's a traveling salesman. Mm. Do we know what he's selling? No, we're not sure. Okay, we're, like mm. it's not like ironically bug spray or something. Yeah, mm. <laughs> I was just trying to think of a product that would be especially bad or good if it was being sold by a cockroach. Like, <laughs> somewhere if a cockroach knocked on my door, I'm trying to think what would I buy? What do you buy? Yeah. Crumbs. They were like, yeah. what about some sort of like nuclear shelter type yeah, thing? Yeah, they're like, ex- I could survive it, but can you? I wouldn't trust a cockroach with their nuclear shelter because they've, they've tested it. Then it's like, yeah, well, great, but I'm squishy. All right, so what would you trust a cockroach to sell you? Bits of cake. Oh, okay. <laughs> How many bits? Four. Four bits. Yeah. Four and bits I want please. him to present them in a, in a suitcase. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> just... Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll take that bit. I'll take that bit. Just like they look like someone's just done, like grabbed handfuls out of a cake. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I want. Put them into a suitcase. Yeah. And you're buying them from a cockroach. Yeah. He would know. He would know. Or she. Or she. That's or right. she. Cockroaches. Women can be cockroaches too. Yeah. Women can be cockroach salesmen <laughs> traveling those streets selling bits of cake. And it's it's important. It's I'm in- glad you mentioned that. Yeah. Thank goodness. Mm. I don't want to be cancelled. Yeah, I know. Jack's already been cancelled for his controversial behaviour. <laughs> So his boss, he walks out of his room and his boss screams immediately, starts backing away. (laughs) Realising his desperate situation, Gregor goes on a speech pretty much begging his boss to put in a good word for him and defending himself against the accusations of stealing. He tells his boss how he desperately needs this job for his family's sake. (laughs) He's still hung up about the stealing. (laughs) He still cares about the stealing. I'm not a thief. I may be a cockroach. I'm not a thief. But this whole time, Gregor hasn't realised that no one can actually understand him anymore. He's just freaking people out. He's a giant cockroach man standing on his hind legs yelling yelling something at them that sounds like piping, <laughs> which sounds like... <laughs> this is not making me feel good. I would think that Gregor's been eaten by this thing. If I was a family member, I'd be like... Oh, Gregor's dead. Oh, right. I'd be like, that ain't Gregor. Unless Gregor was still in his (laughs) pyjamas. Does it say in the book if he has big pyjamas that say Gregor? (laughs) (laughs) Just to confirm. It's the olden days. So one of those really giant nightcaps. I love that. (laughs) So he realises he must not let his boss go in this panic state because he'll probably be fired. And he goes after him. But he falls to the floor. But Gregor... Then realizes in this position he's able to use his little bug legs and can now move much better this way. Nice work, Gregor. He starts going, he's scuttling around now. (laughs) That would definitely make everyone feel better. Yeah. (laughs) His mother has gone completely hysterical and is freaking out at the sight of this bug. And eventually, Gregor's dad steps in and shoes his son back into his room (laughs) using a newspaper. (laughs) Shoo, shoo. But Gregor is too wide to fit through his own door and has to be forcibly shoved through, <laughs> which injures him, and the first part ends with him bleeding all over his room before it suddenly goes very quiet again. Oh, no. So that's that's part one, setting it all up. How are you feeling? I have a question. Please. Does Gregor still have his human hair on his head? Like, does he still have a hairdo? Oh, I don't know. It's not mentioned, but what are you imagining? Like some little mini afro? Just like, well, it depends on what his hair was. <laughs> It'd be but funny if it was, like a, little it was a different haircut. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's not Gregor. He doesn't even have that. Doesn't even have Gregor's hair. I don't know. A cockroach with a big pink mohawk. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's a travelling salesperson I'd trust. <laughs> <laughs> no need to open that briefcase, sir. I'll buy whatever you're selling. <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So part two opens at dusk, and Gregor has awoken from an almost comatose-like sleep. Oh, Gregor. He's putting in the, the hours <laughs> sleeping. He looks around the room and sees that a bowl of milk and slices of bread have been left for him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which he's really excited about as he's very hungry now and milk is his favourite food. Loves as a milk. cockroach or as a man? It as was. a man. Okay. As a man. He loved it. There's, okay. <laughs> In the book, does he describe milk as food or did you, Dave Warnicky, just say No, it's food? described as his favourite food. I also thought... Okay. That's not food, mate. That's your favourite drink. Yeah, that's You can have a favourite drink and a favourite food. I think if you're a baby, milk is your favourite food. And if you're not a baby, okay, okay. then it's a drink, mate. So grow up. Yeah. So we're saying you need what to grow up. What if you put gelatin in it and then so you get to have thick milk? Uh, it's a drink. Oh, okay. But we can we can keep adding up Slice this. of thick milk, anyone? <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you guys had to pick a favourite drink, what would it be? Oh, boy, Dave. I'm having a strawberry smoothie every morning and I'm loving it. Really? Yeah. That's a good With one. real fresh strawberries? Uh, frozen frozen strawberries, yeah. Nice. So what, what else is in the smoothie? Uh, oats and yoghurt. Oh, this is good stuff. milk yeah, yeah, yeah. and a dash of maple syrup. Wow. Does that overpower or is it only? No, it's just really quick little. You just do a boop like that. Yeah. Nice. It's really good. Is it filling? I mean, what does, yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I sort of have it because I'm like it's a half breakfast and it'll just tide me over because lunch is soon enough anyway. Yeah, nice. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. That's my answer to that <laughs> question. You could make it more filling by putting more oats in there, but then I think you'd be like that would be a very thick smoothie. <laughs> I just chomped <laughs> chomp, chomp, thinking chomp, chomp. about it. <laughs> God, I can't, I can't wait for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> that was seriously the creepiest thing I've ever done. That, you that would be a thick smoothie. Chomp, 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 chomp. I can't wait for breakfast tomorrow. I'll eat it like this. <laughs> well, I love gre- that drink so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gregor loves milk and he dips his whole face into the bowl, his cockroach face. <laughs> But he finds since his transformation, he can no longer stand the taste and it now disgusts him as oh, a bug man. Gregor. I'd be like if you got into the smoothie and suddenly it was like poison to you. Uh, yeah. I I'd be, it tastes like nail polish remover. I'd hate it. You wouldn't be chomping it down. You wouldn't. I'd be spitting it out. <laughs> <Yeah. at> <laughs> he crawls under the sofa in his room and although it's a tight fit, he feels really comfortable in there. Oh. Yeah, the next morning his little sister Greta comes in and is at first startled to see him and slams the door, <laughs> being like, oh, yeah, bug boy. <laughs> but immediately comes back in and notices that he hasn't touched his milk. So Greta comes in with an array of food to see what the bug likes and it turns out he loves half-rotting vegetables. What, they just got that lying around? Yeah. I don't know if you went to the bin or something. This is great for this family because they need to get rid of that stuff. Yeah, no one else is eating this. Yeah, You don't have... Rotting vegetables lining? No, not lying around. Your majesty, I didn't yeah. realize. I got nothing but rotten. <laughs> I'm real fancy-like. <laughs> With Greta now knowing what her brother likes to eat, she starts to feed him regularly in the morning and at night. Gregor cannot speak at all now, and no one knows that Gregor can understand them, so even his sister doesn't speak to him, so he has to listen to their conversations through the wall. That's how he understands what's going on in the outside world. Mm. They discuss their money situation, and it turns out they have little... Little left of Gregor's father's savings, whose business went bust five years earlier. But, and now without their son's wages, they will have to support themselves again. Mm. Gregor feels shame and grief upon hearing that his father, who is older and out of shape now, and his mother, who suffers from asthma, both have to go back to work. Aww. Poor bug boy. And he hates to think of his little sister working when she could be practising her violin. He had always had dreams of earning enough to send her to a conservatory to study properly. That's nice. A real nice bug. (laughs) (laughs) One of them classy bugs. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Alone in his room all day, Gregor starts to adapt to his new lifestyle, scurrying around, hopping on a chair, 
just being a bug. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he, start, he, start, he, t- he takes up your advice and he starts climbing the walls and ceiling, which his sister notices. So she does a bit of rearranging for him and takes out a lot of the furniture so he can be more free range. Oh, nice. Oh, Good right. work. Good work, sis. I'm feeling kind of envious of this bug lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice, isn't it? Scurrying around, yeah. hopping on the roof, having your elderly parents work for you. <laughs> Not having to travel as a salesman. Yeah. Well, my, the next thing I wrote is, this is nice and all, but <laughs> Gregor notices that his very appearance freaks out his loving sister, and although she's clearly trying to make his life more comfortable, she actually can't stand to look at him. Oh. Gregor also starts to worry that taking away his furniture and possessions is taking away his connection to being a human, and he climbs onto the photo of the woman with the furry muff hanging on the wall <laughs> to stop them taking that away from him. <laughs> Not the muff woman. <laughs> Leave her I muff. need this. <laughs> Gregor's mum, who has been intrigued to see her son, but has been warned against going into his room by a sister and father. He's actually repeatedly heard his mum say, I want to go see him. And they're like, <laughs> I advise against it. <laughs> well, she finally cracks and goes in and sees Gregor on the wall and immediately freaks out. Okay. So much so that she passes out. Lady, you were warned. <laughs> I know. Hey, we know you, mum. We know you. <laughs> Gregor's sister yells out to him in anger, and being the first time anyone has actually addressed him in a long time, he scurries out of his room and into the kitchen where his sister is. Yeah. I, I know it's a very short book, but I would love it if there was a like a part included that was Gregor's mom catching up with her friends and like <laughs> gossiping about their kids, and they're like, oh, you know, Anthony's uh, made the uh, captain of the soccer team at school. Oh. Yeah, oh. You know, Sally, she's um she's still swimming and she's getting good, and it's like, oh, how's how's uh, your boy Gregor? Like, well, he's uh he's Turned into a monstrous bug, <laughs> and uh, his, you know his favourite food, milk. He is poison to him now. He scurries around. And I pass out every time yeah. I look at him. Well, the good news is we don't have to uh, keep a compost bin anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so there are some good things. If you guys have any rotten vegetables, I'll <laughs> take them off your hands. <laughs> She's like calls the waiter over and asks yeah. to take the rotten vegetables home. <laughs> But the good news is he's not a thief. <laughs> so, <laughs> all good. All well, good I think that's what he was saying when he was yelling at us yeah. in his piping language. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Voice of an angel. <laughs> so he's now in the kitchen, out of his room for the first time in a long time. Gregor's father comes home and thinks that the bug boy has attacked his mother, who he sees passed out. Oh, no. So to offend his wife, the father starts throwing apples at Gregor. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> like heaps of them. <laughs> One of which becomes lodged in his back. Oh, so he's got a bit of a soft, fleshy bug back. Oh. Causing him enormous pain and actually paralyzing him. Oh. The only reason his father doesn't kill him was his father is his mother regains consciousness and begs her husband to stop. Stop throwing apples at my boy. <laughs> so they put him back back in his room and now he's paralyzed. So that's the end of part two. Oh. Things are going from bad to worse. Oh, no. with so it, was, it, was, it does sound tough, doesn't it? <laughs> Our final part opens with uh, Gregor suffers with the apple stuck in his back for more than a month as no one dared remove it. Oh, guys. So I just see an apple rotting away in his back. It's gross. But the incident incident has softened his father's feelings towards him and made him realise that the bug was still a member of the family. Not sure how, but... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, boy. (laughs) Sorry I uh, paralysed you, but I'm not getting the apple out. (laughs) I draw the line. I draw the line. The injury drastically affects Gregor's mobility. He can barely move across the floor anymore, let alone climb the walls. Hmm. At night, the now they now open the bedroom door so he could see and hear what they're doing in the living room. So they were trying to include him a little bit more <sighs> in the family. He hears his father complaining about his life and his new job, muttering about how miserable everything has become. And to add to Gregor's guilt, he discovers that they're selling old jewellery just to make ends meet. Oh. The guilt causes Gregor to, to stop sleeping and he starts to barely eat a thing. So not even, uh, not even the most rotting of vegetables can <laughs> get his appetite back on track. <laughs> but this has been rotting for months. No, nah, he's too guilty. The family take on three boarders to make extra money and to clear space for them in their house, they put the extra stuff in Gregor's room. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> 
What are the are the meet and greet inspections like? They just haven't. They've conveniently not told them that okay. their son has turned into a giant bug boy. So that's just a, a room that no one's allowed to go yeah. in. Don't go in there. There's lots of bug. I mean, no, you nothing. Might, you might hear sad tooting at night, but <laughs> is that apple still? Is that apple? That apple's lodged and now rotting, or yeah, just... lodged and rotting in his back. Mm. He's be become real... the thing he loves. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it would be quite tempting. But his little bug legs can't reach it yeah, in his back. It's so horrible. It's like he's tra- he's... trying to grab it. It'd be like if you had one of those strawberry milkshakes lodged <laughs> in your spine and you were trying to get around, trying Aww. to get a big curvy straw all the way around. <laughs> <laughs> can't quite get it. Aww. So they've got three boarders in and they've moved all the stuff into Gregor's room, which uh, he doesn't mind at first. He enjoys crawling through the mess. But it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's actually written, but it really saps his little. He's already little energy, and he lies motionless and depressed for hours. So he goes for a little crawl, loves the mess, but then goes, "Oh no, I can't move." Oh, Gregor. One day, the three lodgers are eating dinner in the kitchen when they hear Gregor's sister playing her violin, and they invite her in to play for them. Gregor listens and is enchanted by the music, something that he reasons shows that he is still somewhat human. Because what cockroach loves music? <laughs> He sees that the three lodgers aren't enjoying the music as much as they should and is offended when they start to look bored. Why aren't you jigging right now? (laughs) Come on. He loses himself in a bit of a fantasy of his sister coming into his room to play for him and communicating with her again. And before he realises it, he's left his room and he's crawled towards his sister in the kitchen. Uh Uh-oh. The lodgers notice him and they've never seen him before and they start to run away, saying that they are leaving at once and they will not be paying the rent due because of the disgusting conditions of the house. Oh, now you've done it, Gregor. Yeah. The evidence being there's a giant cockroach living here. <laughs> <laughs> so they're pissed off and that's their cash cow gone. Gregor's sister demands something must be done. They must get rid of this insect. <gasps> which is How dare his- she? And they were really close before, so it's a bit of a betrayal. Her father agrees and asks what they could possibly do. If only he could understand us, he says. And with Gregor listening on, his sister replies, quote, How can it be Gregor? If it was Gregor, he would have realised long ago that it's impossible for human beings to live with a creature like that, and he would have gone at his own accord. End quote. <laughs> Which is real guilt trip there. So no one's, no, it seems like no one's ever attempted Gregor one toot if you can hear us. <laughs> no. Two toots yeah. if not. Like, it doesn't. No, it's just a lot of assumptions. Just gone, nope. <laughs> no. He can't say anything and you just hear toot, 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 toot. He, he can't say anything. Toot, toot, toot. Oh, what are the chances he's tooting when I say he can't say anything? Anyway, better close the door for the night. <laughs> So he hears that and uh, this makes Gregor feel terrible and he retires back to his room and as soon as he's in, Gregor's sister slams the door behind him, locks the door and yells, quote, at last, end quote. So she's oh. re- really not treating him Pick very nicely anymore. Pick up the social cues that this cockroach is showing you. You've said nasty things. It's turned around, <laughs> gone back into the room. And like really slowly too because he can't move very yeah. fast. So he's limped back to the room. <laughs> And she's just watched him and then locked the door behind him. At last! (laughs) Gregor is now unable to move at all. The uh, injury in his back is really getting to him. Hmm. But he feels relatively comfortable and reflects on his love for his family. And this is uh, the narrator says, quote, His conviction that he had to go was, if anything, even firmer than his own sister's. So he's realised that he's got to leave the family. Hmm. Halfway through the night, he takes his last breath and the bug (gasps) dies. Gregor! Gregor! Sorry. Gregor's body is discovered by their maid the following morning. And when she calls out to Wait. Th- yeah, hold on. <laughs> All this financial strife. <laughs> I know. Hang on. Yeah, the maid who drives in with her in her golden Rolls Royce that they have. <laughs> their fleet. <laughs> Um, it seems to be quite an expense. Yeah, I'm really <laughs> unclear on the like financial standing of this. It's like they're in debt, but Gregor is the only one who works, but the parents choose not to work, but then they do work later and then they have a maid. And then- yeah. And then the house is big enough for three lodges and like do uh, – are they like one of those like families that are really actually quite rich? If they just stopped buying everything. Right, they're just terrible with money. Yeah. 
Like they yeah. live in a really nice place. I mean, they can afford to have a bug room in the house. A, a, bug yeah. room. a full-size a bug enclosure. <laughs> also, why is that maid never cleaned up the bug? <laughs> yeah, they've got a maid, but it's also like... Uh, like he's always crawling around through the mess and the it's like it sounds like a, a filthy house. <laughs> it's really, though, no, I will say that this maid actually is one of the few people to actually speak to Gregor when he was alive. She did a bit of cleaning and she talked to him. I think oh. more like she didn't think he could understand. Like, you know, when people are alone and they talk to a yeah. dog. <laughs> she did that. Oh, no. Has every dog actually been able to understand me and all I'm offering it is like, <laughs> oh, you're so cute, you're so cute. You know I, mean? I just love an intelligent conversation. I mean, yeah. come on, give me something here. <laughs> I killed a man, but you can't understand me. You're so cute, you're so cute. <laughs> yeah. And the dog's just thinking, why are you cool with being naked in front of me but no one else? This is really weird. I hate this. I hate I your hate body. so much. Please, just cover up. Come on. So the body's discovered by the maid the following morning. When she calls out to the family with the news, the dead insect's father says, quote, now we can give thanks to God. Oh, oh, brutal. (laughs) Your son is dead. Yes. (laughs) What If so, he's religious enough to be given thanks to God. It feels like if you believe in God and then God turns your son into a bug boy, Surely you'd probably be thinking maybe God's not happy with you. Like, yeah, yeah oh, was he done? Thank you, God, for killing the bug that you turned my boy into. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. Been praying every night. Yeah. <laughs> Everything happens for a reason. I'm sure there's a reason you turned him into a giant bug boy. Dear God, please kill my bug boy, son. <laughs> <laughs> my prayers have been answered. Uh, the three remaining family members spend the day together and they are a bit teary. But most of all, they're they're a bit relieved. <laughs> the Gregor, the bug boy, is gone. Gregor's father takes this opportunity to fully kick out three boarders who did spend the night, even though they said they were leaving immediately. I suppose they were like, "We're leaving immediately." Hang on, we've got nowhere to sleep in the morning. We're out of this filthy cockroach-filled place. That seems like the worst time to kick mm-hmm. him out. Should you just hold up the bug corpse and like, see, it's dead. You can <laughs> yeah. wave it around yeah. a bit. Yeah. He's see fine. The, see the rent dollars, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doubling your rent because yeah. when I advertised this place, yeah. I knew about that cockroach. The, the rent was set at a bug boy price. Yeah. yeah. If you'd read the fine print, it was definitely bug boy. There was a clause. So Gregor's father also tells his family that soon they will also fire their maid. I suppose they don't need to clean up after a cockroach boy anymore. Uh. <laughs> Basically, we can clean for ourselves. Can I, can I pitch what I hope the rest of this is about? Yeah, yeah. It's the maid's weekend at Bernie style, pretending the cockroach is still alive so she can keep the job. Sort of no, no, the cockroach has been... Uh, he was just sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> it's been making a real mess. I was joking when I said he was dead. Isn't that right, cockroach? Yep. <laughs> That's right. He never spoke before much, so why would he speak now? <laughs> Um, the family take a walk and discover that they are actually financially better off than they thought. Before this, they've never <laughs> they've never told each other what their jobs were. So they all went and got a job, but no one told what <laughs> each other what the job was. And it turns out they've all got good prospects. <laughs> things are actually better than they thought, guys. God, this family sucks. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I hate this family. Terrible <laughs> communicators. Jack, I'm giving you a happy ending. I mean, come on. This is it. They never told each other what their job <laughs> I know. Like a weird secret Santa. But <laughs> yeah. Hey, I work in the bank. And oh, that's really good. <laughs> that's crazy. I clean the sewers, but you're the king. Weird. <laughs> well, okay. Well, between us, we're, we're millionaires. Guess we could have uh, looked after the bug a bit better after all. Anyway, they decide that now they, they can move to a smaller and cheaper apartment and save even more money. I don't have a big brother or a big bug brother anymore. To Did look they after. all just read the Barefoot Investor? I <laughs> yeah. don't understand why they're now like earning heaps of money, but actually we should move into a smaller place. <laughs> the story ends with Gregor's parents watching their daughter and simultaneously realizing that in spite of all the worry that she's had lately that's given her pale cheeks, she's blossomed. <laughs> don't know what that means, but anyway, she's blossomed into a beautiful young woman and that soon it will be time to find a husband for her. Ooh. And the final final line of the story is, quote, and it was as if it was to confirm their newfound dreams and their good intentions that when they reached their destination, their daughter got up before that. Oh, sorry. They're riding on a trolley car by this stage. <laughs> I should have said that. Ding, oh, ding, ding with the trolley. <laughs> my, Otherwise, my you're like, a bug. 
<laughs> but when they reached their destination, their daughter got up before they did and the stretched. Original lyrics to that song. <laughs> <laughs> when the trolley, my dead bug boy is dead. <laughs> and thank God. <laughs> They reached their destination. Their daughter got up before they did and stretched out her young body. <laughs> Finn. <laughs> and that's the end of the story. What? I thought you were about to say, and then she turned into like a stick insect or something. Well, I mean, you'd be worried at all times. Yeah. yeah. Her, she'd be worried. The parents would be worried. Their, their first son either mm. got eaten by a giant bug yeah. or turned into a giant bug. You'd be wanting to, like, call up the grandparents and be like, do we have any, like, family <laughs> history of becoming bug monsters? Yeah, you log on to Ancestry.com. What should we, is there a test we can do or something? <laughs> So what are we meant to be getting from this story? That we you shouldn't be lazy and you should go get a job before your boy turns into a bug and you have to have lodges. But yeah, well, what do you think? Sometimes we discuss the themes of the story. What do you? What do you? What do you? What do you take from it? What do you think? Um, I think it's like one of those uh, like three steps to financial independence type thing, <laughs> where it's like. <laughs> Get a bug brother. <laughs> uh, tolerate the bug brother. But also shame him and let, it, let it die. <laughs> and you're in money. Then get on a um, trolley car. <laughs> I don't know. I See, I'm wishing I could remember better. I, I spoke to someone once who really loved this book a lot and I remember chatting to them about it and it... it it meant a lot to them, and I'm I can't really recall what that was now. So it would be good if I, but I know it's it uh, me- meaningful. I'm sure if I, yeah, if I read the whole thing, I might have some more meaning. But I think it it was just a, a wacky bug muck around at this point <laughs> for me. <laughs> like it was, I feel like in terms of in terms of the synopsis, it was probably more akin to like an ad for Mortine where there's like those cockroach buddies and they're like, we're going to get into this house. Yeah, let's boy. get them, boys. And they get spread like, ah, oh, geez, Mortine, let's get out of here. Like, I feel like moved in a similar way that that does. Um, well, I, I told you he was an influential author and he's clearly influenced a few ad writers as yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, those Mortine writers yeah. burn half the ads before they ever make the TV. Um, sorry if that's just an Australian reference, guys. Um, that's okay. Yeah, uh, do you get that in Argentina? Yeah, do you have a? It's like a big bug, but he's sort of. Um, I think he's a Louis the Fly. Louis the Fly, Louis the Fly yeah. yeah. He's a real Kafka esque figure <laughs> in uh, the Australian advertising world. Well, Gregor's condition is never explained, so it, he just he just turns into an insect, and there's no explanation as to why or how, or what the reasons. This is, obviously, it's just an impossible thing that happens to him. He doesn't, and he doesn't worry about his condition. He just gets on with it, being more focused on other things like getting to work and supporting his family. So that's qu- quite absurd, that's really. A, yeah. So possibly a comment on life. Yeah. Put that out there. <laughs> Trying to sound deep, a nice guys. Message how he just sort of gets on with things. I don't know. I, I like that it's not explained as well. Like I think, um, like I like uh, it's a weird comparison, but like the movie, the movie Midnight in Paris. Mm, oh, is a, that it's film. A time travel movie, but there's no like, oh, when the vortex crosses this or this thing, or like there's no and there's no like, oh, you changed this in the past, and this is oh, like, oh, right, sure, he just, sure. He goes back in time sometimes, and then he has these adventures, and then he stops, and that's it. Yeah, cool. He so just, it doesn't worry about too much about the sci-fi yeah, element. Yeah, I like it. I like that in story. Like I'm already I'm invested in this being. I understand fiction. I can enjoy something in a fictional world. You don't need to like make me think that the real world has somehow like turned into this fictional world. All right, yeah. Way. So you don't need a big why. No, I'm, I yeah. love reading a book where someone is a cockroach and they've just become a cockroach and it doesn't matter why because the story's about being a cockroach. That's well, great. have I got I a book that. for you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, his family feels sorry for him at first, but towards the end he's just become a real burden on, on his family, even his sister who he was super close to when he was a man. And they start to doubt that it's even their son or brother left behind it all inside the insect. So a bit of isolation mm. is a theme there. Which I, you know, and, and I started to feel ve- reading it very, very sorry for him because he overhears them talking about him like he is literally a bug, <laughs> and maybe this has made me feel sorry for a cockroach for the first time ever. Because usually I'm like, kill it, yeah, but maybe I won't anymore. And you just house it and give it a maid. Yeah, mm. look after it, give yeah. it rotting vegetables. That's what they want. <laughs> if the cockroach in your chip packet all those years ago 
if you learned it was a traveling salesman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just loved its family. Yeah, I'm just here to sell chips. Yeah. <laughs> the worst way possible by, <laughs> by crawling into them and scaring Dave. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> I'm just like, ah! If you like these chips, maybe buy some more. But yeah. Please don't kill me. I'm just <laughs> throw it into a fireplace. <laughs> Plastic melts all around him. No! Well, Marcio from Argentina, who's one of the people who suggested I do this book, he actually wrote a theme of his own and why he likes the book. He wrote to me, quote, I like the book's themes, especially the impact of disability on a family who really went through their own metamorphosis. So obviously they've got to learn to live with, you know, changes in his life, but rather than actually they start out helping him, but towards the end no one wants to know him and they actually injure him even more. Mm. So so that's a suggested theme from Marcio from Argentina. Thanks for that. And I wanted to briefly touch on um, Franz Kafka is very famous in his own right as a writer, but he's also um, got an adjective named after him, Kafka-esque, which you just said, Jack, which has been a, uh, used a lot since it was first coined in the 1940s. And Merriam-Webster's dictionary argues that it's so overused now that it's begun to lose all meaning. Oh. I, I'm not familiar with his other work, but what's what would be an appropriate example of something being Kafkaesque? Well, so I'll, I'll give you a couple of meanings here, some of which applies to the metamorphosis, but definitely more to Kafka's novels, like The Trial especially. It's a famous one. So the dictionary definition is, quote, of relating to or suggesting of Franz Kafka or his writings, especially having a nightmarishly complex, bizarre or illogical quality. Right. Which this definitely does. Like, you just got to immediately accept he's a bug. No one tells you why. That's his thing. And even in his own mind, he's not freaking out about why he's a bug. It's just it's just happening to him. Mm. I'm going to start using Kafkaesque, but just to mean anything where there's bugs. I'm going to like, this, this uh, shed is really Kafkaesque. <laughs> you call up your realist. It's the bugs. <laughs> I've got an infest- infestation. It's really Kafkaesque. <laughs> Get down here quick. Uh, I've got a couple more definitions just to make it a bit clearer because, you know, I wasn't that sure. Wiki writes, characters in a Kafkaesque setting often lack a clear course of action to escape a labyrinth situation. So in this situation, he literally cannot escape from being a bug and he just tries to get on with his life. But my, probably my favourite definition was in 1991, Kafka biographer Frederick Carl wrote his definition of Kafkaesque in the New York Times and he wrote, what's Kafkaesque? is when you enter a surreal world in which all of your control patterns, all your plans, the whole way in which you have configured your own behaviour begins to fall to pieces. What you have to do is struggle against this with all of your equipment, with whatever you have. But, of course, you don't stand a chance. That's Kafka-esque. Mm. <laughs> so, in a way, yeah, this does... The um, the big example often you see online is the trial where it starts with a character who is arrested for a crime that's never explained to him. He's put on trial and he's given no way really to defend himself. To be honest, his writing is quite bleak. Mm. Don't read any Kafka if you want. Fun. Well, there was that bit where he was having fun crawling in the, in the mess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, there were some and good the times. Running yeah. food discovery. That was yeah, a nice yeah. moment. Yeah. And shoving his face into a bowl of milk. That, that would have been refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. He hated the milk. Yeah. <laughs> like there was a brief moment where he thought he would like it. Yeah, that's right. He was excited. Probably plunging his head with the anticipation <laughs> oh, that boy. the milk would have been good. <laughs> milk bowl. <laughs> he was excited for a time. So... I always get the guests to rate the work out of five. As you've heard it here today, Kate, Mm. how did that resonate with you? I liked it. I'm going to give it four. Four out of five. Mm -hmm. Straight in. I like that a lot. Mm. Um, It definitely made me want to read the book a lot. It's one of those ones that I guess is like what your goal with the podcast, I guess, but like those books where you're like, ah, I should read that, but I haven't. Like, Mm. And it made me like, ah, I should read that. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, I'll give it a four as well. That's, four that's, out that's of five. Yeah. Four out of five. I am going to give it, controversially, three and a half. Ah. Less than you guys, a little bit there. I did in- enjoy passages of it, but I did find it all a little bit too bleak, to be honest. Sure. I like. I don't mind tragedy in in writing, which is, to be honest, the point of this whole Kafkaesque thing is like I like um, things happening, no, not definitely for a reason, but just like, there's hope or a way out at the end of it, you know, like, yeah. you know, life is moving forward in some way, but that is actually, you know, the opposite and the whole point of his writings mm. that that never happens and that they're stuffed and doomed from the beginning. And I find that a little bit too bleak for me personally. You reckon he should have burned it up? 
Yeah, yeah, burner. I mean, yeah. to be honest, this this should have been on the burner pile. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm upset that 10% survived. And if yeah. I uh, ever have my own way, I will rid the earth of his copies. <laughs> <laughs> I will track them all down. If I could go back in time, I would not do anything with baby Hitler, but I would... <laughs> Find Kafka's work and burn it up like like he wanted. Yeah, exactly. I'd be there on his deathbed, going, "No worries, pal. Your work stinks. Yeah, it absolutely stinks." Listen, I'm from the future. You can't trust your mates. They're gonna really dog you on this one. I'm your man. I'll promise. I'll torture you right now. And don't you write any other deathbeds? Yeah, don't write anything. (laughs) Where are your letters? Uh, but, uh, before we go, uh, one final thing on the show is uh, people support this show on Patreon as well as my other podcast with Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins do go on. And also Matt Stewart's other, this is a spinoff of that, and his other show, Primates, which uh, is, is a great show where he talks about primates in popular culture. And um, because people support the show on Patreon, they get rewards and things like that. And on this show, people have told me their favourite book which I will read out, and we get to judge their choices. Oh, yeah. So this is uh, these are three people that do support the show, and I thank them a lot. Uh, Eric Flynn has written in and said um, his favorite book is uh, Christopher Paolini's Inheritance Cycle. He says it was the first set of books I read as a kid that really made me excited to read. Quick fun fact on the author. Love a fun fact. So welcome this a lot, Eric. After finishing the last book, he said he wanted to write other things. And in the last decade, he has written a colouring book and almost nothing else. (laughs) Do you write a colouring book or do you draw a colouring book? Do you you draw the picture, then take the colours out? How does it work? This is this is trademark my idea. This is my million dollar idea. You're hearing it on Jack Drew's official. It's it's like just a novel, but all the words are in like big crazy balloon font, and you can cut it's like color in as you go. Ooh, that's so good. Yeah. Well, thank you, Eric, and uh, enjoy that coloring book. Uh, Olivia Gatliff has told us that her favorite book is 1984, which is often suggest- suggested on the show, and I swear I'm going to get to it soon. Easily one of the few books I couldn't put down and actually reread. And she told me in brackets, "I'm dyslexic, so me no read good." So the fact that she couldn't put it down. That is good stuff. Thank you, Olivia. Um, have you guys read 1984? That was one of my year 12 books. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I haven't. It's one that I, f- I feel dumb for not having read. Well, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Book cheat coming to you real soon. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Tegan Longman has written in and said her favorite book, very tricky to answer, she's prefaced this with, is The Vampire Lestat by Anne Rice. Lestat is one of the most interesting, complex, and well-rounded characters I've ever read. And then she ends it with a smiley face. <laughs> so I appreciate that. No wink kiss? <laughs> no. Unless I've forgotten to copy and paste that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she did. I'm sure she winked a kiss. So thanks to everyone that supports the show on Patreon. And, uh, yeah, it's just nice that people chip in a little bit. So you go to patreon.com and it's slash do go on pod because we started for do go on first. And rather than start separate stuff, we've just kept it as uh, one supporting all the shows and there's lots of uh, rewards including we put out two bonus do go on episodes every month so if you if you like my other show with matt and jess uh yeah, get on there get on there but that just brings us to the end of the show guys thank you so much for joining me on this week's book sheet thank you david yes thank you really appreciate you you coming in now kate not too long ago you launched your podcast loner yes which I really enjoyed, but can you, you tell the good people about it? Uh, it's a solo sketch podcast, but it's better than that pitch sounds. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really that fun. always sounds like, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> no, no, it's fun. because <laughs> It's me in the 1940s. Oh, gee, mister. Like, it's not like that. <laughs> yeah, but it's good. It's got, it's, well, it's got great production on it, which is really, really good. Thanks. Like, and, yeah, and to be honest, I don't know anyone else out there doing solo sketch podcasts. So. I feel like if you like the Cockroach Boy story, you probably might actually like my podcast. I feel like they share a similar right, vein. So would you mm-hmm. s- describe your podcast as Kafka-esque? Oh, sure, why not? But maybe I, less I bleak. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> I would describe Metamorphosis as um, uh, Dennett-esque. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jack. <laughs> That's definitely yeah. the right way around. <laughs> And um, I'm sure people can find you on Twitter. Yep, that's Kate Dennett. My surname is spelled D-H-N-E-R-T. I have a silent H in my name. And Mm. Kate is with a K. It's not good to have to do this every time. (laughs) (laughs) Again, Dennett-esque there. Hey, but you'll tweet us in this podcast, Yeah, you'll be in the description, so you'll be a a clickable link. Yeah, just go there. People will see it written down. Yeah. 
and Jack Druce, my man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're on all the social medias, and you also have a fun newsletter that I belong to. Ah, thank you. Um, yeah, I do a newsletter, um, and uh, if you would like to... I should probably just say what it is. Um, it's not like just... Uh, a lot of comedians have newsletters that are just like info on gigs and stuff. Oh, what's where, coming? It's not like a what's yeah, coming it's up. Like a, it's like a blog where I write like ideas for material, and I just try and do good writing and stuff on it, but it's... I've been a bit slack on it recently, but normally I'm pretty regular on it, and the link to that is in my Twitter description, and all my social media stuff is just at Jack Drews, and if you feel like following me, I'm hopefully doing some stuff soon, so jump on board, bookos. <laughs> yeah, come on, bookos. Jump Your worms. On board. Yeah. I got a worm train leaving the station, so <laughs> fill it up with all you big worms, please. So many big worms listening to this show right now yeah. under the ground. They're loving Can it. You, do you do you ever have like a, a lot of podcasts has fun nicknames for your <laughs> listeners? Can you start calling them wormos? Wormos is good. Bookos and wormos. I enjoy yeah. both of that. Let us know, guys. What do you want to be called out there? What do you want to know? Stop crawling through the muck and turn up your earbuds because <laughs> it's worm time. <laughs> Here's a new pile of slop in the trough, so get ready. To- <laughs> well, I think I've got my episode description yeah. written out there, so thank you for that. <laughs> uh, and if you want to uh, follow the podcast on online, we, uh, at Book Cheat Pod is the way you do that, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Often putting out extra things and people getting in contact, which is often very nice. And bookcheatpod at gmail.com. got an email if you want to drop a line but probably the most um fun thing and thing that lots of people have been doing is suggesting the books if you want to do a book or a play or a novel novella or short story or whatever just uh click the link in the description of this episode and yeah tell me why i should do it and i will shout out to you when eventually i get through them all it will take a while but i will get there no promises, I <laughs> should say. But that does bring us to the end of I the will show. get there, but I might not. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, well, who knows? I might wake up and I'm a giant cockroach one morning, and that'll make things really difficult. I promise you I'll do it. I promise you I won't. Would you, would you keep doing the podcast if you turned into a cockroach who just communicated through a hush piping? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think the, the wormers would be loving yeah. it. Yeah. Hearing it underground, they'd love that. Well, that does bring us to the end of the show. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, Jack, for joining me. Thanks, man. Thank and, you. And um, I suppose at the end of the show, we should say... Uh, who's who's <laughs> hungry for words? Yeah. I... <laughs> I'm a booko. Yeah. I'm a booko. You're a booko. Uh, We're no, all bookos. Yeah. I remember. Uh, books forever. Hey, books yeah, forever. Books forever. It's happening again. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.